We are no one. We are everyone. And we are invisible. We convinced ourselves that they were gone, but they were just hibernating. They came for everybody. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lugdahl Podcast. This is your host, Elias Rouse. Today we are discussing the Watchmen HBO television series. Watchmen is an HBO television series, an American superhero drama television series that continues... The 1987 DC comic series Watchmen, created by Alan Moore and David Gibbons. The series was created by Damon Lindelof. It stars an ensemble cast as Regina King, as Sister Knight, Don Johnson, Tim Blake Nelson, Yaha Adul Mateen II. Andrew Howard, Jacob Ming Trent, Tom Minson, Sarah Vickers, Dylan Stromberg, Loris, Lewis, Go, uh, Lewis Gossett Jr., and Jeremy Irons, as well as Gene Smart and Hong Chow. So we have a pretty stacked cast from the majority of those names. You've seen a lot of these people in, I don't know, tons of other pieces of work. I don't know how many pieces of work we've seen uh, uh, the great Regina King in. I, I, the first thing I can remember ever seeing her in was uh, probably Daddy Daycare because that's one of my earliest films I ever watched. Just like I, I, Someone gave it to me on DVD and I just happened to watch it a ton of times. And so I happened to see it re, uh, recently and I realized that she's the mother in that. But she starred in so many other roles such as uh, Friday, Jerry Maguire, Southland, uh been on tons of television shows. She was on some of my favorite television shows, such as uh, The Boondocks. Uh, I've, I've heard good things about The Big Bang Theory. And she was one of my favorite characters in season two of The Leftovers. And uh, Le The Leftovers as a series is a phenomenal series that is also created by the same creator of this show um, uh, by Lindelof. And... Many people know Damon Lindelof for being the creator of Lost, or co-creator at least. He was, you know, alongside with like J.J. Abrams and all of them. Um, he's also responsible for writing The Leftovers, which was, like I said, one of my favorite television shows. And so after watching The Leftovers, I realized I'm going to watch anything else uh, Damon Lindelof uh, writes and produces. I did go back and watch about three seasons of Lost, and I, there's some real good television in that um, first three seasons. I know how it ends, but um, I think the biggest problem with what happened with Lost was that it had to suffice for, I don't know, 20-something episodes per season, so it ended up being an assload of episodes to fill. So it was amazing that it was as good as it was for that long. So... We're talking about the Watchmen television series created by Alan Moore, who actually does not like any of his work to be interpreted on television, movies, or media. And to my knowledge, he does not uh, take credit, nor does he get royalties from uh, from his work that is depicted on television or, tele uh, or TV. Sorry, television or movies. 
Um, but we have the music by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. We know them best well for uh, being the song and one of the songwriters in uh, Nine Inch Nails. And uh, we know Atticus Ross also for being on the score of the bringing the original score of the social network as well as the girl with the dragon tattoo which i think was the american version uh and has also been part of resner's band nine inch nails since 05 which is pretty interesting okay so um watchmen this nine episode series was a difficult feature to tackle i'll be honest there was a reason that i haven't gone ahead and just released one of these uh quick episodes you know episode by episode kind of thing um it this series kind of requires homework in a way that makes it hard to not only in you know completely immerse myself within the medium of Watchmen, in the world of Watchmen. There's so much lived-in history and rich uh, background that is happening in this world that it's extremely difficult to say, uh, you know, everyone's going to enjoy this because they're, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, if you haven't read the comics, you know, it's it's quite difficult to immediately jump on in. So I'm going to try to, you know, balance the... Uh, the review from uh, c trying to explain this series coming from someone that has no idea about the comics, television, movies, or anything. And so if you have seen the movie, it definitely helps because it takes uh, parts and bits and pieces of uh, the Zack Snyder movie, which I did review, and it's uh, I'll, I'll link it in the description so that you can check it out and what my opinions were on that. But it does take uh, many elements of the that movie and brings them forth to the television series. Um, this television series is um, kind of a character study in a way that I was not expecting. It's very much the dissection of each one of these characters from the original Watchmen um, comics as well as dissecting new characters um, that are introduced. So let me give you a quick synopsis from uh, Wikipedia about what's going on in this series. Um, let's see, let's see. And by the way, this is, television series is considered a quote-unquote remix of Lindelof's uh, Watchmen stuff, so um, it's it's kind of like an alternate reality. So uh, this is from the Wikipedia. While the series is technically a sequel, which takes place 34 years after the events of the comics, and I believe what, that would be the the movie as well, um, within the same alternate reality, Lindelof wanted to introduce new characters and conflicts that create a story within the Watchmen continu continuity, um, rather than creating a reboot the series focuses on events surrounding racist violence in tulsa oklahoma in 2019 a white supremacist group called the seventh calvary has taken up against taken up arms against the tulsa police department because of perceived racial injustices causing the police to conceal their identities with masks to prevent the seventh calvary from targeting them in their homes Following the White Knight, 
Angela Abar, uh, Regina King, um, a detective known as Sister Knight, investigates the murder of her friend and superior, Judd Crawford, played by Don Johnson, and discovers secrets regarding the situations around vigilantism. So yeah, this was kind of a leap of faith for Lindelof and HBO to do this. And as a whole, I'll talk about it real quick in a non-spoiler section and then kind of break it down what I thought about the season. Overall, I thought it was an amazing endeavor. And the acting and the performances are extremely, uh, they're extremely good. There are episodes within the middle of the season that absolutely were mind-blowing from a technical standpoint. Um, there's an episode that is kind of shot in the, of kind of like a play and done in what is like a bunch of one takes shot in black and white, kind of, uh, kind of in the style of Birdman a little bit. Um, extremely impressive, um, directing in some of these episodes that just blew my mind. Um, I love the character studies that this is providing. It's not just a, a superhero um, drama, but it's really dissecting, you know, what makes these people tick in this strange um, alternate reality. And so having the characters such as um, Ozymandias as... Uh, well, you know, Adrian Veidt in here and having all of these characters um, really em embellish the world of of Watchmen. And so, long story short is, you know, do you want to jump into the series not knowing anything about this? Uh, I'll say off the top, it's extremely difficult. However, I have heard uh, a number of people that said that they were able to jump in and <clears throat> once, you know, they got their feet feet wet they were able to tread a little bit and they were able to actually understand what was going on in this uh in the story i do feel like you're thrown into this world in episode one kind of uh, like abruptly and there's so much of this world that feels strange and alternate and different that it's it's kind of like a slow reveal almost like a fish out of water um scenario of trying to understand where we are in this world and if i were to take i, I kind of uh like take my pops uh and sit him down and tell him to watch this and he sees all this happening on there he's i don't think he would completely understand and so the you know the way this this show opens up is showing the tulsa race riots um, I think it was called Black Wall Street, and when it was uh, when the KKK went and destroyed uh, numerous tons, millions of dollars of uh, businesses and uh, of black-owned uh, businesses, and yeah, it was extremely difficult to watch. Um, from you know coming out of the gate of watching this season. Uh, there is a strong check of racial injustice within the system that this show is trying to tackle. It's really trying to hold a mirror up to 
um, I don't want to say society, but more or less the, the government and the, the practices that g entitle it. Um, but yeah, overall, this was a really ambitious television show. The acting, the cinematography, the technicals in it are all really good. Um, the world is so lived in that sometimes it can be confusing about what exactly is happening in, uh, in certain places. And so... Um, I will say that a couple of the main characters feel slightly underserved in a way. The uh, uh, I'll, I'll cover who, which characters I believe were technically underserved, but mostly I think that was due to the the nine hour length of uh, the season. And in some cases, I felt like it could have gone a little bit longer. So uh, let me break it down real quick i'm not going to go too in depth because it actually has been about a week or it's been two weeks since the end of uh the finale so my head is kind of in another space of you know i got a bunch of other television shows i've covered so i'm kind of trying to retread about what what exactly we saw but um so forgive me if i get a couple of the uh, uh small details wrong because this is a quite large mythology um, within the Watchmen universe. I will say this television show influenced me to go back and watch the movie just to kind of get a, a re revamp on who these characters are. And um, I think that the movie definitely uh, helps understand what's going on in the television show. I know that there's a couple of major plot holes that do not happen in the uh, movie that do happen in the television that are acknowledged in the television show so that's when it comes handy to know uh the right podcast to listen to and that type of stuff and the right source material to go i really do think that this show requires you to have some sort of secondary uh medium or source material to refer back to which comes in the podcast or the hbo pdpedia material which is the supplemental material that they would release weekly with all of their <clears throat> all of their uh each episode and so um and we assumed it was coming from this guy named pd which i believe that's confirmed um but yeah so It, it is quite of an, an endeavor just to tackle it. I'm, I'm trying to think of the best way to do it. Um, so I think by character is probably the best way to do it. We're going to start talking about each episode. So assumingly you've already seen this entire series. Um, if you're thinking about going to watch it, I would absolutely go watch it. It's only nine episodes. If you don't understand it, go back, come back and, you know, listen to the podcast and you'll be like, oh, okay, so that's what that meant. Or, you know, I'll refer you to other podcasts there or other pieces of material that might be able to help you understand what, you know, whatever you're looking for. So, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, from the visuals, technicals, this is a definite win for 2019 on the television calendar. Um, I liked this show as a whole better than um, the last finale of Game of Thrones, considering how polarizing it is. So if you got that HBO and you don't know what to watch, go check out um, Watchmen real quick. And come back and listen to the spoiler section with us. So um, each episode of Watchmen was very different. It, 
kind of like in the way The Leftovers started out, a tad bit slow. It did drop you into this world, like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, Lindelof likes having a weird fucking world, and that's just the, you know, the kind of guy he is. Um, and this world is is right there up his alley. So, um, the beginning really sets up the Seventh Calvary and this cop that is shot at the beginning. Um, that cop is almost never referred to again. I do think that there's a couple of plot lines within the entire Watchmen series that are kind of dropped in a way. And, and one, I would say, is the way that this really is starting at the beginning is with the Tulsa race riots, with the things called, uh, you know, Robert's reparations and stuff like, like that, like are supposed to be like reparations, which are supposed to be like tax breaks for people that were affected by the Tulsa race riots. And this is something I had never heard of before in my life. And so when they were referring to referring to it in this context, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is completely enlightening. So I felt like I was uh, kind of learning something at this point. So, um, and you technically we did. I mean, everyone that saw the, the first 10 minutes of the Watchmen series and had never heard of the Black uh, Wall Street is uh, completely enlightened about that now. Um, or, you know, to an extent, at least we know. Don Johnson, Regina King, Tim Blake Nelson, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, fantastic actors. And, I, you know, Jeremy Irons is, is amazing. And, uh, you know, by now we're in the spoiler section, so I would have assumed you would have seen this entire series by now. Um, we know that Adrian Veidt is played by Jeremy Irons. I love Jeremy Irons, uh, his performance in this. He's just... Uh, he's chomping up every bit he can of the the crookshanks and uh he's just got this uh you know charisma about him no matter really what he's doing even though he's a fucking lunatic in this you know he's, he's still a lot of fun to watch um let me see what was his name um mr phillips miss crookshank that, that's what it was um so yeah at the beginning of the season, you know, we're like thrown back um, at the very beginning. It Well, each episode breaks down the character of Adrian Veidt just a little bit by little bit. I think we're seeing year by year by year. And it's him being stuck on Europa, some, Ju you know, some moon out in next Jupiter or something like that, that, that Dr. Manhattan had. Uh, you know, teleported him to to go take care of these uh, living beings that apparently Dr. Manhattan created that he alluded to at the end of the Watchmen series. And so um, it's it's something that a lot of people had, you know, talked about and alluded to. There was only a couple of different theories about... Um, where Adrian Vite was the entire season and what what exactly was going on and technically it looks like um we were getting flashbacks after a, a certain episode uh or all of them might have been flashbacks because at some point Adrian Vite was picked up by his daughter um who we find out later in the season um she's not in the first episode she is in the fourth episode played by Hong Chow um she is Lady True, 
who is the daughter of Adrian Veidt, who we ended up finding out that the mother um, artificially inseminated herself, I guess, with um, Adrian's, you know, stuff. And also we find out Adrian's a virgin or he doesn't believe in sex or something like that. I don't know. Something, just a lot of stuff. This, it's, it's a big, it's a big chunk. So anyways, um, the arc that Adrian Veidt goes on is... It's interesting because he kind of is a guy that is struggling with no. He thinks that the one way to, uh, you know, to eliminate war is to have almost a big, massive, cataclysmic event. And so, in the Snyder movie, he makes it look like there's some sort of uh, massive Doctor Manhattan accident that causes people to explode or vaporize or something like that. Three million lives are are lost in the television show. It's alluded to that there was a giant squid attack, and that there's giants or that there's and there's continuous squid falls throughout the season, and we see one squid fall at the beginning of the season and one at the at the very end, and we know that there's businesses, um, you know, popped up out of the squid falls. Uh, this world truly does feel lived in, and so. I would say that I don't 100% understand Adrian Veidt's headspace about, you know, trying to blame everything on Dr. Manhattan so that it creates world peace, but in some sort of way it doesn't create, uh, you know, a satisfying mean for uh, for Adrian Veidt. I mean, we still see that he's a really self-conceited ass, and so... Um, Having him kill his daughter, Lady True, at the very end of the season, I didn't really know what to think about it. I mean, Lady True's um, true motivation, true motivation, huh, um, was, um, I mean, she was upset about the way the 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 Vietnam War was laid out and ended or happened or something, and she wanted to bring quote-unquote world peace by transferring Dr. Manhattan's powers all the way into hers. Um, and she wanted her clone mother there, which, and she had this elephant symbol. There, there was a lot of questions that surrounded Lady True and her motivations about what exactly she wanted to do, what she was doing. It appeared from the trajectory that at some point she was able to detect that, I don't know, she got, she had some sort of hindsight and she knew, or, some, or not hindsight, she was able to see the future to see that Adrian Veidt was going to need to be picked up at some point on Europa because of her her teleport or sorry not teleport her or telus not telescope uh satellite sorry um uh and so she has adrian Veidt brought back down to earth but not after he's you know frozen in this kind of carbonite star wars type thing so i had just a lot of questions about i guess her motivation about why did she need to bring her mother back i know that she was working with cloning technology and there's this really compelling episode i think it's episode four that she does this she walks in these people this farmer's house and um and she's you know 
puts on a timer, talks about, um, you know, I can give you a, your, I know you have having conceiving pro problems, conceiving a kid, so I can fix that. And if you don't take this kid that I put in your arms in 10 seconds, I'm taking the kid back. It's like, whoa. Um, you know, she's a billion, triple zillionaire. So I just felt like I didn't a hundred percent understand her. I know that we probably didn't want her to become all powerful. I don't, a lot of questions around surrounding that character. The more I think about it, I mean, um, it, it made sense. Her plan was falling behind the seventh Calvary plan, kind of like as if she knew, well, she knows Dr. Manhattan can see the future. So just a lot of questions with, Dr. Manhattan, um, and, and, and that is a fascinating character. So let's, um, continue on. Let's do Gene Smart real quick and Looking Glass, because those are kind of two side character supporting characters. Um, Looking Glass, we find out he was kind of a, he's kind of like the 2019, um, Rorschach, and, I would say he's kind of like the anti-Rorschach. Is that fair to say? Because I was pretty sure that Rorschach was more of a, a very conservative, almost right, super right-wing, um, hardcore um, conservative. I know I already said that. But uh, Looking Glass does not appear to be that. I mean, he looks like a product of you know a rough upbringing, you know, possibly abused, and and being uh, a you know attacked. I I think that was the that was the episode that he sees the giant squid, um, just being traumatized. I guess. I mean, that was a fascinating episode, and I I remember the pullout that they do with. I think it's uh, uh Looking Glass is playing around in the circus funhouse with this girl that he's just happens to meet, and she takes all of his clothes. And when he walks outside, everyone is like, "Are they exploded or bleeding from the eyes or something?" I don't remember exactly what had happened to the people, but there's just like bodies everywhere, if I remember correctly. And it was, uh, it was an amazing shot. Uh, the thing is, the character is more or less kind of a carrot dangling in front of our face and less so much uh, uh, integral to the plot. It feels more like, oh, it's looking gas. Look, 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 he's there, you know? Oh, wait, well, he didn't do anything. Okay, I guess, well, that was an interesting character, but I guess he didn't get anything memorable to do. But some people would say the, the seeing, having him be the one person to see where the squid fall is actually happening, having him be the one to discover with Gene Smart that all of this has been a false, fake, falsity or whatever you want to call it. It's been a sham. Um, that I guess that's where the emotional resonance, resonate, nights. I don't know resonance. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm fucking just sounds crazy. Um, so yeah, and. Uh, the Silk Spectre character, played by Gene Smart. Gene Smart is phenomenal. We've seen Gene Smart in tons of things. Uh, uh, really loved her in Legion. Um, but yeah, having her in here as another strong, badass character that formerly was a lover of Dr. Manhattan, it's kind of 
it's not i don't wasted always sounds negative but it does sound like a missed opportunity for uh them to have really had you know some real chemistry at the end of this show i felt like silk specter is set up as someone that is a combination of uh in you know having parents that were superheroes and one of them being a shithead and then falling in love with a god and them having kind of no uh connection at the end is slightly disappointing i mean we have her introduction is him is her telling jokes to uh dr manhattan sending him information Little do we know he's not receiving any of that and he's not on Mars and she doesn't know that. But I felt like there was just a missed opportunity to have her really interact with her former, you know, lover and boyfriend. Um, but Regina King and uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, first of all, I knew it if you go back and look at uh or listen to the Aquaman review, I'll tell you right then and there. I knew that guy was gonna be a badass actor. I hadn't seen him before that, but he went on to go into some pretty interesting Black Mirror episodes. Then he went into uh, what is he? He he went on to play uh one more role. I'm thinking uh he was in Us. That was it. And so uh, I I really enjoy this character and this uh, this this actor. Wonder what else he's gonna be in. Holy shit, he's gonna be in Candyman and The Matrix Four and Aquaman Two. Badass. Um. So <laughs> let me see. Um, Yaya Abdul Mateen. The first I don't know six episodes of this series. We are like, where is Doctor Manhattan? Where is this motherfucker? He's been missing for I don't know how long. And so there were one or two speculations that one, we're never going to see him. Two, you know, he's not in the budget. Three, he's on Mars. Four, it's Yaya Abdul-Mateen. So it ended up being our last choice. Um, well, it's not our last choice, but it happened to be the last, you know, on the multiple choice I just laid out. But, um, yeah, it ended up being him. And having that kind of recontextualize the whole series was a lot of fun. I remember the, I think it was the eighth episode when um, she, Regina King, takes the hammer to his head to remove the little chip that Adrian gave him to remove his memory and to help him obtain just being a human. Um that was pretty intense. I remember that whole thing, you know, you know, I think I don't remember if she says, says something like, you know, hey, baby, we need, we're in trouble or something like that. And she sees this blue, um, blue glow. Speaking of the blue glow, I could not believe that they had the blue glow on the poster for the entire series. We got the answer to the entire series on the poster or my in my opinion. Um also, eggs. Eggs were a, a big key within this finale. Eggs were almost as big of a character as anyone else. Um, and we also got to talk about kind of the Bass Reeves of it all. You know, the the, the uh, superhero they were referring to at the beginning of the series that her grandfather ends up kind of, uh, kind of impersonating in a way. Um, 
what was um, her grandfather's name again? Her grandfather's name. Oh, they they cover his name because they don't want it to be a spoiler. Oh, it's a uh, Louis Gossett Jr. plays Will Reeves, and uh, yeah. So also, child actors were pretty phenomenal in this. They are not phenomenal. They they were really good. Um, uh, no complaints. They just didn't have tons to do. There were a couple of scenes that made. Uh, that made Yahya Abdul-Mateen seem cold. I mean, like, most people would probably say that he would probably be an atheist if he had that conversation with his kids, if he was talking about, you know, where did uh, where did Uncle Don go? Where did Uncle Judd go? And they were like, yeah, well, he, he's just so blunt, flat-out blunt about it. It's, uh, it's a little on the nose. Also, he... Loves his Ernest Hemingway, I believe that might be covered at the, in the original Watchmen series. And uh, let me think anything else. Uh, I think he's always making eggs or something like that and waffles. I don't know. I, I think that the first conversation they had was, you know, can the first conversation they had uh, him and Regina King back in, I don't know, what was it, like the the 80s or something like that. Um, about can he transfer his powers, and she sa- and he says yes, I could do it technically through an egg, and I wouldn't give my powers to anyone that wouldn't consent to it. Um, so at the overall, let's just talk about the very end real quick. Um, the whole part with the race riots feels like it's a little bit dropped in, at the end. Although I do like the visual of having. Regina King as possible our new Dr. Manhattan. I couldn't believe that Dr. Manhattan would is uh, able to just obliterate everybody in episode 7, but then he knows that he can he can't do anything to this cannon fire that's about to blast him in the back and send him all the way to um the little cage that the 7th Cavalry has created and uh I guess that seventh cal uh, the the seventh cavalry was using all of the you know the lithium batteries to create whatever is holding Doctor Manhattan in there, which is apparently is you know kryptonite. But uh, anyways, I do think that they kind of dropped the ball on the racial injustices of what's going on in Tulsa and uh you know what's going on with the seventh cavalry i mean the seventh cavalry was there and kind of got vaporized but it doesn't it felt a little easy because dr manhattan is so op um they i it makes sense why they have to kind of put him to the side for the majority of the season um because he can see everything you know do do anything really um and uh i was I was surprised we got some blue dong in this, but uh, you know HBO is not afraid to do it. You know they got to do it. Um, <laughs> let me see what else. All right, so the Baths Reeves, Will Reeves uh, stuff. Fascinating uh, episode. That was the episode where they go through the memories and are going, you know, back trudging through all of his. Um, past talking about him as a young cop and all of the injustices it literally broke my heart I think it was uh, episode 6 of um, let me see 
it was this extraordinary being, which everyone thought was going to be Dr. Manhattan, but it ended up being, I think it was Regina King. But the editing and the direction in that is phenomenal. It's by Stephen Williams. I'm not even sure who that director is. I think he's been on other stuff, such as uh, Westworld and um, Lost and other shit. Bloodline, okay. Um, but yeah, so this Extraordinary Being was one of my favorite episodes, especially because they go back and show that the character of Will Reeves ends up being a character that is covering his identity. And so that's one big thing about this entire series is that he's covering his identity as the hooded justice, um, which makes tons of sense why he wears a, a noose around his neck now and, and sprays his face. But um, it's established that Will Reeves is, or he does he doesn't want to be associated as a black man, but he can still go out and kick some ass. But what's interesting is seeing how that turns him into kind of a, a you know, is it, is it his? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, it's influence into Angela's father, I believe. And we see how the younger kids are starting to pick up the, the makeup and the masks and stuff like that and how they don't want that to happen. They don't, they think that's a bad representation. They, they don't believe will does not want that to pass on through the family bloodline to be in a mask. And it appears that at some point wills will, sorry, will and, uh, what is her name? Um, Will and June. Okay, so Will, at a very young age, is trying to leave Tulsa and ends up becoming part of the wreckage of what's happening at Black Wall Street, I believe. And that's what's caused him to find June as a baby in a field, and somehow they grew up together and eventually get married, which... Some people did have an issue about, you know, kind of like the, the growing up part, kind of wouldn't you be more of brother sister and less like boyfriend girlfriend but i i haven't really thought about it too much i guess it's you know i that's a you know it's a question but it's like i'm you know what you're either fine with it or you're not and regardless if you are what are you going to do about it it's like uh, you know that kind of thing it's um i don't know it it didn't immediately jump off the page as it it bothered me at first but I, i guess i can see why it would bother some people um let me see anything else. Uh, the fourth wall breaking aspects of this uh, series. Um, I know I kind of yada yada over that uh, Will Reeves stuff, but I do think that you know it's it's fantastically shot, but it's not wrapped up at the very end of the series. I feel like that that the racial elements of this season are still kind of lingering and. They were hard to watch. I mean, you see a lynching at one point, and that that from first person perspective, and it was extremely hard to watch. I was like, Jesus, um, you know, this is some some tough stuff. Um, and the actor in that is uh, from The Leftovers too, uh, Jovan Apto, and he plays young Will Reeves, and I was very impressed with his uh, performance. Um, 
but yeah, so I did feel like there was a couple of drop plot lines toward the end of the season. There's tons of great things about this uh, uh, series. I I wouldn't be mad if we didn't get a season two, mostly because I felt like this is a very contained season. I kind of like how it's uh, kind of, you know, jumping on a ledge. It's like you don't really know if you're going to make it or not, but if you make it, it's really uh, satisfying, and I think that they really landed this. They stuck the landing on this uh, genre. And so I'm looking forward to more Watchmen um, series stuff. Um, one or two more things were the uh, the Watchmen, sorry, the Minutemen series they had on television throughout the entire season. I love the the world building in this with uh, Robert Redford having like I don't know unlimited terms, but we never actually see the character. Thought that was pretty interesting. Um, uh, what else do we got? Um, the Seventh Cavalry guy. What is his name? With the the Doctor Manhattan shorts, James Walk as Joe Keen, he plays such a uh, a good country asshole that it was hard not to say this guy was going to be extremely uh, influential to the ending of the series. Once you heard him talk at the beginning of the series, I was just like. This guy is totally, like, needs to get, like, I know that <laughs> this guy is clearly involved with the Seven Cavalry. And, uh, and D John, Dud, what's his name? Don Johnson, uh, and Jane Crawford, Francis Fisher, um, who plays Jane Crawford. Uh, first of all, my God, she, uh, she was kind of obvious as well. I felt like her and Don Johnson played like this especially sinister couple that you don't really know too much about, but kind of behind the scenes. I mean, they're pretty they they if we would have seen a little bit more behind the scenes of them too, it would have been extremely sinister. Um and it's pretty fucked up that the one night that they busted up in um Angela's house to, you know, I guess shoot her and her husband or whoever. Um that that Judd ends up um, befriending her after that accident, which is just fucked up on so many levels. I don't know. Um, I did like the homages to like Zack Snyder and some of the action scenes, the uh, ramp up, ramp down, speed up, speed down, uh, fighting. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's it's a wallop of the of a television show. You can kind of probably hear it in my voice just kind of how exhausted I am of just talking about it it's it's a mouthful it's a chunk it's a lot it, I don't want to say it's 100% fun because a lot of it does have to do with heavy race relations and you know uh, mortality I guess on some parts and watching from a Dr. Manhattan perspective I mean seeing him seeing him seeing him explain that he is experiencing all times all at once is just one of the most mind-bending uh, pieces of dialogue that they can really, you know, write for us. Um, I did think that his glow looked good, but I'm not sure if the actual look of Doctor Manhattan, as you know, just painted up blue. I, I'm not sure if that worked 100% for me, but I thought the majority of the effects really did work. Um, you know, seeing massive Manhattan still was is just 
a crazy visual just seeing a hundred foot tall Dr. Manhattan is just crazy. Um, anything else we need to do? Anything else we need to check? Anything else we want to, is Regina King, the, uh, Dr. Manhattan, the new Dr. Manhattan at the end? And I certainly think she is. Um, Linda Loft said that if you look at the poster from the, the first poster that was released, you know, 14 weeks ago before the season finale, it's of Angela Abar standing in front of what looks like a uh, the smiley face almost from Watchmen, but it's more like an egg yolk, um, which symbolizes birth, I would assume. Um, and she is completely blue, which would assume that if she ate the egg, that she turned into Dr. Manhattan at the end of this, um, given that we don't exactly know. So um, that's that's my prediction. I, I just thought it was a really interesting television show to watch, and I wanted to cover it for everybody just in case anybody wanted to check it out and then get a interesting recap on it. But, yeah, thank you all for watching, listening, whatever you're doing on the Look It Up podcast. Thank you all for supporting. Rate, share, subscribe, Look It Up podcast. If you're feeling generous, paypal.me slash look it up podcast. Um, for all donations, that would extremely help. Comments, questions, concerns, email the Lucky Dog Podcast at gmail.com, Twitter at Lucky Dog Podcast, Facebook link, Twitch link, Instagram link, all down below, all in the podcast links. Sorry, yeah, all in the description links. You already know what it is, what it is, what it is, what it is, what it is. Can you believe that it is the end of 2019? You may not be getting this till actually in the new decade, but uh, I'm recording this in 2019, so I'm still before the decade turns, and so I'm just like mind blown about this uh, this decade. I honestly about this year. This year was amazing for one thing. It's uh, a lot has been accomplished on my part. I hope you got a lot accomplished from the production standpoint or sorry, uh, sorry, from production, from being productive standpoint. I hope you reached all of your goals. Um, be sure to check the podcast links, uh, in the library on SoundCloud at Lucky Doll, at the Lucky Doll podcast. And, You'll be able to check out, you know, the top movies of the decade. I went ahead and checked out, I don't know, it was like 500 different movies that I sifted through that I've seen. And I, you know, chose my top 10 of the decade. It wasn't easy, but I, you know, did it for y'all. Also, we're going to do a top 10 of 2019. So be on the lookout for those podcasts. And thank you for listening, watching, supporting the Lucked Out Podcast. I hope everyone had a happy holiday and an excellent new year. Thank you, and take it easy. What are you two talking about? Oh, nothing. Just the end of the world. <laughs>